Welcome to Abuelas en Acción, a multicultural podcast for our common good. I'm Marie Dahlstrom, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Rosemary Celia Alston. Today we are honored, and we are just having so much fun, and it's just truly an honor to interview Latinx students from WSU, Washington State University in Pullman, Washington. They are all members of the Mariposas Poderosas program of the WSU Undocumented Student Center. Undocumented Initiatives creates an empowering, inclusive, equitable, and supportive culture for undocumented students. Their events and initiatives generate dialogue, increase awareness, and build empathy with and for undocumented students and other immigrant and refugee communities. Um, It sounds like the fourth floor of the building that they are located in is amazing with students from every background, but the commonality is being able to be seen and to share their stories and receive support. Our guest today is here to talk to us more about her hopes for the future of our country, topics like resilience, emotional well-being, and so much more. Mayra Gonzalez is a senior at WSU majoring in elementary education with an ELL endorsement. She is the first person in her family to be graduating from a university. She is currently on DACA, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, but didn't receive it until a year ago. And so most of her life has had no work authorization, but she currently does due to um, the designation she received through DACA. Welcome, Maida. Hi, thank you for having me. We're thrilled that you're here with us. You know, we love, this is a a question we ask every one of our guests because we love hearing their stories about important moments in their lives. Could you please share a defining moment in your life for us? Yeah, so I feel like I have a lot, but uh, I think probably two two of them happened around like the same time. So um, I always like to think of them as one, even though they're separate. Um, it was around 2017. Uh, I had um, been looking into, I was an AVID at the time, and it basically was a program that gets you ready for college. And I basically was kind of being told like, oh, you're not going to go to college. Like people like you don't go to college. Um, Trump at the time had uh, gone into um, as presidency in like 2016. And so I was just realizing what being undocumented was and all the barriers that came with it. So it was realizing that and then seeing, okay, I can't go to college because people are telling me people like me can't, not just because I'm brown, but now because I'm undocumented. And then at that time as well, um, I had just came out to my parents. Um, and that was a very difficult topic too. Uh, they weren't very accepting. It was just um, a lot of disagreements with my parents and my family. And I really had no support for either uh, how to navigate being undocumented because my parents didn't know anything either. It was just like, follow the law, like, don't do anything you're not supposed to. 
and so they didn't like help me as much either and then just my my other like dilemma too of just figuring out who I was and figuring out my identity as a whole as well wow those Mm -hmm. are two really huge and important defining moments so how do you identify what did what you know how did you how did you reconcile that with your family and you know uh, has it made you stronger where did that where did that leave you um I honestly I I had I struggled with my mental health a lot um it was something that hit me really hard because you know I was like okay I I want to go to college I want to go into higher ed and I was always very passionate about school and I I was just struggling and I just didn't know like what to do because I was like okay I I I now identify as undocumented. I am now uh, a queer woman. And it's it was just like also like, okay, so what am I like? What do I like? Like, it was just all these questions that mm-hmm. I, my parents were asking me that I was asking myself. And then just like them just blocking me out and like also like asking me, but also kind of uh, being told hurtful comments that uh, had to stick with me. And I had to struggle with, like, dealing with forgiveness and healing from all of that, like, trauma. Oh, has has Go it ahead. gotten any better for you now? Or is it still? Yeah, it, I, it was a very difficult time. And, like, I don't know why everything, like, happens, like, around. Like, those two have always, like, moved together, I guess, like, progressed together. I didn't get my DACA until last year. And mm-hmm. until last year as well, I started going to therapy because uh, it was taking over my life too much. Um, and I was, my, me and my family were not in good terms. And I, I was fortunate enough that my parents went to therapy with me and opened up and so now uh we're back on we're good like they're very accepting I have a girlfriend who I've been with for almost six years and uh they love her now and it was just now we're way better and they always kind of go together it's like I got my DACA a year ago but along with that I also got the acceptance and support from my family I am so glad to hear. We are both so glad to hear that. And you know, power to your power to your parents. Power yeah. to my parents are, uh, I think, like almost fifty. I think it's like they're like forty-eight. And and you know, um, it it isn't an easy thing for you, and and. I, and I would say for your parents and family, um, because you know, as um, Rosemary and I are both abuelas, and so you know we've raised our children, and now we're watching our children raise their children. And it's it's you know families we love each other, um, we've been through a lot with each other, and every time we reach a challenge, we kind of have to find our place and how to get through it, and. So I uh, just, um, our hats are off to you for what you did and how you uh, came out to your family and, you know, what you've done to, for your identity as an undocumented queer Latinx uh, and, uh, and, and to your parents 
oh my gosh, to hear that they got into therapy with you. Um, you know, we're going to talk more about emotional well-being of, of you know, kids and, and families, but um, that um, that was hard for them to do. And boy, it sounds like it brought you all to a richer place in your relationship. Thank you for that, Maida. So can you tell us about mariposas? We've heard from your colleagues um, about what mariposas has meant in their lives. Tell us about what it's meant in your life and maybe even tell us a little bit about you know, how you, uh, you got to WSU so that our listeners could, could learn more about, uh, how, if they're thinking about where to go to college, where a college, um, you know, um, might be opening and accepting of all of who we are as people, um, tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, it all started when I was applying to school, like, um, not scholarship, sorry, colleges. And um, I had applied to about like six schools and it all came down to how much money I was going to be awarded. Um, and so I would come and visit through Avid. We would come and visit like campuses and we came to see WSU. I had seen it already like about three times and one day we were walking through like what they call the fourth floor here and I had seen this lady which her name is Marcela Patterson and I remember she stood out to me she was uh she is Colombiana and I was just like I have to go with her like she was just so excited she was very welcoming and she was like come to WSU I'll help you these are our resources and honestly, that's what stood out to me. She uh, listed like, oh, we can do this and this for you. We can work out for you to come to school here. And it was just like that welcoming environment here. And I was just like, okay. And I started getting into contact with her. And then I arrived here and I honestly, I stepped into, I moved into, I moved into WSU. And the first day I was in Pullman, actually, I was, um, I was discriminated. And it was something that I was like, I wanted to go home so bad. I was, we, we had gone with my whole family to Walmart and we're, we're six of us, like the total of us. And um, some white people were coming out of Walmart and they just looked at us and said, look at those Mexicans. And my mom does not understand English and neither does my dad. And they looked at us and they're like, what did they say? And we were just like, oh, nothing like we were just trying to play it off with my my siblings because we did not want them to feel like my daughter is not safe in this place. And so I was like, it's okay. And I was just scared and nervous. And I would talk to Marcela, who was the advisor here too. And I'd be like, you know, I feel like I don't belong. And she was like, come join this program. And um, it's a community away from home. And so I came and I joined Mariposas and I've been in it since I was a freshman here and I'm now a senior and it's just been so amazing. I have learned so much through this program. I grew up in a in a house where you know you don't talk about your emotions and and you don't speak about if you feel sad, if you feel you just have to keep going and my parents always just telling me echale ganas and mm-hmm. I guess that was enough to keep me going all the time but I I would always bottle up my feelings and like this program really helped to unbottle everything and to it it was okay to cry and it was okay 
to, you know, a lot of my peers had the same struggles that I did and I didn't know. And it was just opening up about your anxiety and constant fear of being undocumented and coming to a school where, you know, sometimes you will be faced with discrimination and fighting against it and sticking your ground and proving that, you know, you belong here. And I think this this like program really empowered a lot of us women here. And we would have some a couple of guys too who would join from here time to time. And um we would love to hear them out, especially because in our culture it's like men are strong and they're machistas and you know we don't talk about our feelings and kind of being like their safe space to be able to talk and and just open up more. I I think you've sort of answered a little bit of uh, question number three, but what I hear is that Mariposa gave you permission just to be, and that provided you a safe place to be able to navigate and move forward. Um, but what what can families do to support the emotional well being? We heard about what your parents did and I I I wish that for everybody that every parent would be supportive and learn and understand what therapy or treatment or going to classes to understand a little bit more about the psychology of the mind is important but what can families do to, to support their children I feel like just listening at least having like I remember my mom was actually the one who uh, suggested I go to therapy, which shocked me because, again, we did not have the best relationship ever. And I remember one day just it I just told her, you know, I I think I'm depressed. I'm I can't get out of bed anymore. I can't eat. I'm not hungry. I struggle to even shower to put clothes on. And it was just she finally sat down and listened to me. It was before it was like, well, you don't understand what tired is. I've worked in the field my whole life. Like you don't understand you're still young. Or it was like, you're tired. I'm tired. And it was always like, my feelings were never validated until she just listened to me. And I think that's important with everyone just listening it's important as like a family and a support to just listen and see what you can do from there. Um, it's just, we all want somebody to hear us out and support us no matter what we're going through. I think we just need an ear and, you know, support. And it doesn't cost anything, right? Yeah. Just to, just to listen and, and go ahead. I, well, what I was going to say is, and, you know, Rosemary and I have talked about this a lot um, with our other guests and, and now with you, Mayra, is that, you know, we come from families that work hard, you know, have, have done what they've needed to do in order to survive and thrive in a country that poses so much, so many barriers in so many ways. And so, we have that determination. We have those ganas. We, we have that strength. But we haven't necessarily learned 
how, and you, you said how to unpack our feelings and to feel. And I, 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 I had, when you were sharing that moment that you had with your mom, I was remembering back to, uh, I had just started uh, at community college um, and, um, and I had no idea where I was going in life. And I remember my parents were both home and they, I said, I'm depressed. I, I, I don't know what to do. And, you know, my mom didn't know what to say. She told my dad, talk to her. <laughs> and, and he tried to talk to me. They didn't know because they didn't, they never were taught about their feelings and didn't have anybody validate them. And so this is very powerful, uh, a moment. It was a gift that your your mom gave to you, that your family gave to you, and now you're sharing this with so many others because those are important feelings. We have to be able to acknowledge them in order to be able to live the life that we're destined to live and that we, we want to live. With everything that's going on in our country and other countries right now, what do you see are priorities for you? Um, I would say I, I have obviously the undocumented. I, I feel like that guy's always up in the air. Um, just immigration overall. It's like um, they always say, like I, I've seen throughout the years how my parents are always told fake promises by candidates and we're going to do this and, and this. And then now it's the hope that my parents have, that I at least have some type of legal status. And it's just like a fight back and forth with like the system. And it's just, I think that's very important to me because I, I do identify and I am undocumented and obviously too, like affordable healthcare for everybody. It's, I think that's a big one too. It's just, Sometimes I've seen it with my mom where she she was never taught that, oh, health care is important. And sometimes she'll be like, oh, well, it's fine and it's fine. And she would never go to the doctors as long as her kids were good. And, you know, we've seen it now where it's like, OK, now it's getting more expensive because, well, my mom never went all these years. She never got like dental cleaning or her eyes checked. And so now it's just like I think it's very important to create that. But it's just that's one of the important ones for me, too. And then since I'm in the education system as well, I'm, I'm hoping to be a teacher. And I think the system, I think all systems are messed up in some sort of way. But the education system, it's through all these classes and all this learning. I feel like uh, something that has really stuck with me is that the, this education system was made by white people for white people and it's not for our black and brown people and it's something that I am strongly passionate about as well and kind of trying to change the system little by little as much as I can and helping with that also comes like the racism and the education as well and overall in all categories it's just I'm, I feel like I'm very passionate and I try to advocate a lot for a lot of the things that I've mentioned and those are kind of like the top three, I would say, that are um, important or that I see around right now in the country. You are and, right on. 
And um, so where do you see yourself when you graduate? What do you want? What, what would be the ideal direction position that you'd be doing uh, when you graduate? Um, I plan to continue and do my master's. I want to, I want to get my master's. Uh, I want to become a teacher. I'm planning next year to just maybe subbing and picking up some, like just being a substitute and then working on my master's. Um, That's what I plan to do. I plan to be a teacher, but I would have I feel like I have a strong passion for advocacy. So sometimes I do see myself, um, I don't know, like just, I wanted to be, to do something in the political fields, but I obviously have a lot of barriers against me that at the moment I, I can't follow that path, but um, I will, I see myself always advocating if my students, for parents, for families, I always will see myself uh, having a strong passion for that. That's amazing. We are fortunate to have you in, in, in the system, so to speak, even as messed up as they, they possibly are. And I, I see you are so on in terms of the three issues that you defined and outlined for us in our country right now. I think it's it's clear that until we can get better equitable policies around immigration, there's always gonna be fear and loneliness and um, a sense of, of people trying to identify us in a different kind of way. And so you're standing for all the right things and it's been clear that your voice is being heard. And it's it's such a, a breath of fresh air to know that Mariposas um, is is strong, thriving, and probably going to grow because of your all of your leadership there. Thank you, Maida, for being with us today. You are uh, a shining star, and you will be an amazing teacher. And I... I would love to see you out there as a politician. We need you, Maida. <laughs> Thank you both. <laughs> Thank you to our sponsors at Familias en Acción, located in Portland, Oregon. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Spotify. We look forward to having you with us next time on Abuelas en Acción. Gracias.